The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. Well, hello, everybody. This is Joni Siegel, and this is the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. And my co-host, Jason, is tied up today, but we have a fabulous interview set up for you today that I'm very excited about. And I have with me today in the studio, I have Kent Runyon, and Kent works for a facility called Novus Detox. And he's going to tell us more about kind of what the difference is between Novus and other programs that are out there. But um, I wanted to just let you know that Kent has been with Novus for four years, and he came from Indiana where he worked with a large nonprofit. And so he's been basically in the social services sector and dealing with a lot of the ills that we have in society. Kent, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of your show. That's awesome. I, I really, I really am happy to interview you. I know that. Um, I mean, I know a little bit. I knew Novus. I think pro- probably before you were there. Mm-hmm. So I knew about Novus Detox, and in fact, Jason has mentioned that after he did the Narcanon program in San Francisco, he went to work for a medical detox facility in Arizona. So um, he kind of is aware not only of the Narcanon program where he works now, but also what a medical detox does. However, let's say that most of the people out there don't know exactly what a a medical detox is. And, you know, if I heard it with all of the talk out there now about how you need to do medically assisted detox, I would think that you guys were like, pretty much any clinic that's out there, and you would give me methadone if I was addicted to heroin, but I don't think that's the truth. So tell me a, tell me about Novus. What makes it different? Well, that's a great point. You know, there's medication-assisted treatment <clears throat> where uh, individuals struggling with use disorder may be put on Suboxone or methadone um, as a strategy. It's almost a harm reduction strategy, really. Harm uh, reduction. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, a good to, that's a good term. I haven't heard that one, but that yeah. makes sense. But maybe to put them on a medication to prevent them from dying of an overdose, from buying illicit drugs and not really knowing what they're taking. Whereas you know, with those substances, at least they know what they're taking. Um, it's still a narcotic, right? Um, but you know, it, it, and increasingly, you're hearing people talk about putting people on that for years, right. five years, and some people even talk about it may be a forever uh, solution. For some people, but 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 let me ask you a question. Yeah. But let me ask you a question about that because this happens so often in this country and maybe in other countries. So okay, so you have to put a guy on Suboxone. What are the long term effects of it? Do we know? Do we even know what those are? Well, certainly there are side effects. Yeah, um, you know we we've seen individuals come in struggling with um, their emotions, depression. Um, and certainly difficulty getting off of it. Uh, Suboxone, once someone is ready to get off, depend on, one, how long they've been on it. Right. Um, and certainly what their dosage level is. It's not an easy substance to come off of once once you're on it. Uh, and that's true for methadone as well. With, with methadone, right. we've seen people who've struggled with maybe weight gain mm-hmm. um, from methadone. Um, and cur- certainly true for both of them, there's withdrawal symptoms. Uh, right. And priests pretty significant ones it's you know each of those can be a fairly long detox longer than 
heroin. Right. Um, and, and we brought that up before yeah, on, mm-hmm. on the podcast because, and I think it, and not being a scientist, but my understanding is that it's because those are synthetic drugs. And so they do different things in the body, whereas heroin as bad as it is, is a natural substance. And Jason's brought this up many times that to detox someone off of her- to off of methadone versus heroin is way longer, takes for way sure. longer. And I'm guessing Suboxone is the same thing. Yeah, we'll see for a heroin detox, we're seeing typically seven to nine nights. Uh-huh. Um, and whereas Novus Detox, we're known nationally for, for methadone detox, in particular high-dose methadone detox. And for methadone... Uh, we'll see uh, non-usual for it to be 11 to 13 nights. Wow. Uh, in order to make it reasonably comfortable. Right. Um, and uh, to get someone through that. Yeah. Wow. And what about Suboxone? What are you seeing with that? You know, we similar. Okay. Um, it's, that one's very case by case because it's okay. kind of a tough one. You know, it's kind of fighting fire with fire. So, we, you know, you're using buprenorphine usually uh, to come to get them off of buprenorphine. So it's, it's a kind of a different animal. Uh-huh. Um, and... And or we do have some alternative strategies as well. Some patients have been tolerant of some other strategies we use, which does not include buprenorphine. Okay. Um, and a lot of people like that approach if they can. But, okay. Um, yeah. It's, okay. So when you say buprenorphine, basically that's like a step down. You're it is. Kind yeah, of sort yeah, of it, stepping it's, down. It's the root drug of Suboxone. You know, it's basically what it is. So you're when you're fighting fire, yeah, you're basically taking them down off of that. And usually those cases are are those cases that. Theoretically, they should come titrate off of Suboxone long over a long period of time, outpatient. Right. But a lot of people find that they can't do it on their own. Right. Uh, either through the clinic that they're getting it from, and that's true for methadone as well. They they, they will hit a um, a point where they just can't do it on their own anymore, mm-hmm. and then that's when they'll come to us to help them get through the rest of it or get over that get over that hump. Right. Struggling with. Let me ask you a question. Uh, maybe you can answer it. But I know that with some of the drugs that you guys step people down from, like oxycodone or or oxycontin, that you can't. It's dangerous to cold turkey. It's dangerous to just stop. Is it dangerous to just stop Suboxone? Just stop. T- I mean, I'm sure you get sick, but is it life threatening? I would say absolutely yes, okay. depending on the health of the individual. Okay. So it's so important for anyone who's considering detoxing, and certainly if they're considering a cold turkey approach, which is typically not recommended, right. to consult with, with their physician right. and, and know if that's a wise decision given their health condition because they're going to go through it's going to be tough. I mean, and you get it, way sicker <laughs> than just with heroin. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it, it can cause all kinds of fluctuations in your, in your personal health. Um, so the and, cure and, and, is worse than the disease, yeah, everybody. Mean, you, you're stressing your body. <sighs> mm-hmm. And the question is, can your body tolerate that stress? Right. So certainly it's typically not recommended. And most certainly uh, talk to a, a medical provider and get their get their evaluation and, and recommendations. Right. If you, how many people are at Novus right now? Um, or you're asking where our capacity is? Yeah, or or where, what are your capacity is and where you're at right yeah, now? Yeah, So in, maybe in contrast. I have, another, I have another question. So. Yeah, yeah. So Novus Medical Detox, we uh, have 31 beds. Okay. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, we've been in existence for over 10 years. Right. But when we first started, we were just a 12-bed boutique detox, kind of what we described ourselves as. So 
uh, even though we were kind of nationally known, um, we weren't locally known because we only had 12 beds and we stayed pretty much full all the time. And frequently we were having to refer people out to other places because we didn't have enough beds to serve everyone who was calling on us. Mm-hmm. But that's why we expanded to 31 beds. And uh, so we're able to serve more people and, and meet those needs. Okay. And the reason why I was asking that is because I was just curious, what what percentage What's the breakdown in terms of more of the people who come to you are on Suboxone or more on methadone? I know you said you're nationally known for getting people off of methadone or more on um, prescribed medications like Oxycontin or even psychiatric medications. What's the percentage, do you think? Sure. Um, I would say a little under half is, it's about, the majority is alcohol. Oh, okay. And, and opioids. Okay. So it's it's pretty well split down the middle between the alcohol and opioids. Okay. Uh, we'll get some people coming off of benzodiazepines and and some other just off of other drugs. Okay. Um, then so now we're talking about what's that percentage of the opioids where it's heroin, suboxone, methadone. Um, I would say more me- suboxone would be the least. Okay. Uh, we've not seen. Because it's newer, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, so we're not seeing lots of those. We do see them here and there. Uh, we see a fair number of methadone, however, mm-hmm. um, and then and then quite a bit of the whole heroin, oxy, and prescription opioids mix. Right. Yeah. So right. it's you know we see a lot of opioids and alcohol, um, and methadone is a is a smaller percentage of the opioids, but a good portion because we're fairly well known for that. Got it. What would you say sets Novus apart from other similar programs, if there even are some? I don't even know of other ones like that. Yeah, well, you know, we were we really kind of pioneered um, kind of the model. You know, we kind of set our own pace back. You know, over ten years ago when we started, the idea was to uh, take away the barriers that could prevent someone from from coming into a detox environment because it can be a pretty scary step. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, they're facing, you know, what's recovery going to look like for them? What's, what's sobriety going to look like for them? But also just the fear of, will these people actually keep me comfortable mm-hmm. uh, physically? <clears throat> and will they be able to handle me, support me emotionally? Right. And... And, this, and there's some simple things. Can I keep? Can I smoke a cigarette? Right. When I need a cigarette. Yeah. Uh, which is a big deal. Right. Because uh, you know, historically, it's kind of been a hospital-based detox environment where you're kind of in a hospital room, can't move around much. You certainly can't smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to take away um, some of those kinds of amenities and abilities. So we we kind of say let's reinvent this thing. Let's let's do it different. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're on a. Th- Three and a quarter acre campus. We have an outdoor walking path. Our patients can go outside at two p.m. They can go outside at two a.m. Mm-hmm. to take a walk, to smoke a cigarette. Uh, of course, our staff are there to be with them, support them uh, all the time, whether they're indoors or outdoors or whatever activity they're engaged in. Mm-hmm. Um, Amenity-rich environment where they can. We have a fitness room. We have a recreation room which has art supplies. Uh, acoustic guitars, djembe drums, puzzles. Wow. Um, we have Netflix. Every every patient has their own private TV with cable. And uh, every room has a private bathroom. So someone who's a bit more shy or worried about maybe socializing with other patients, right. they don't have to do that. You know, right. They can kind of 
engage with the community as much or as little as they wish. I see. And then our doctor, we've had the same medical director for all 10 years, which is unique. Uh, and he has developed our protocols over this span of time and, and innovated all along the way mm-hmm. to really make a comfortable detox where our patients aren't in a room moaning and groaning in discomfort. Right. They're actually up, showered, dressed, and and engaged. They're eating meals. They're, they're active in the community. They're walking around, um, enjoying the walking path. Uh, they're not mean, ill. They're not. That's right. They're not I mean, ill. it doesn't mean yeah. they don't have maybe a, a downtime, but they're reasonably comfortable. That's fabulous. I know that because I was looking on the website, and I know that one of the things that you guys do, and it's interesting because Dr. Agan is my doctor, so I'm I'm familiar with a lot of what he does. You know, like for healthy people like me, and. Um, I read that there you do like a lot of intravenous vitamins and such. We do, yeah. Um, you know, Novus actually came out with our own line of natural products uh, within the past couple of years. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's cool. You know, as we went on, we, we saw how much our patients were benefiting. Uh-huh. And uh, in consultation with with our medical director, Dr. Agan, we came up with Novus Naturals, which, you know, so we have supplements that our patients are encouraged to take in the morning as well as the afternoon, which... Through our experience, our supplements and minerals that frequently our patients are lacking. Right. Uh, when they come in because of their you know, inattention to their to the health, usually right. it goes along with use disorders. and. Well, yeah, I mean the, the physical debilitation yeah. that drugs do. That's right. Drugs and alcohol. Yeah, right. exactly. And but then, that's cool because then they can yeah. take those products when they leave. That's right. And they're obviously not going to get it intravenously, but they can kind of maintain a healthy lifestyle with the same benefits that they got when they were there, basically. Yeah, we also work with a doctor of oriental medicine, and okay. we have some of his products available to our patients as well that are on our standing orders that our nurses will use uh, with patients to help also manage symptoms. And patients can kind of can experiment and see what's, what's working for me to manage my anxiety, to help me with sleep, uh, to deal with any symptoms. And you're right, then they can take those home with them, um, and support them even after they leave Novus, along with, and, and goodness knows, we know that dehydration brings with it a whole host of symptoms oh, yes. that can make us miserable. Yep. And especially with an alcohol detox, uh, we know they're coming in dehydrated. Right. So those IVs every day are, are just huge. Putting the and, fluids back. And we want to just take that off the table. Right. Uh, let's know that they're not going to be feeling icky. From dehydration. Right. <laughs> and that what we're dealing with is really withdrawal. Exactly. Uh, because we've addressed the dehydration concerns. Right. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Yeah, it is. You mentioned when we were talking before we started the interview that you are doing some work in the senior area. You know, part of the Novus approach, and we talk a lot about is individualized treatment. Right. And that comes in a lot of different forms. And so we work really hard to make sure that our care is not cookie cutter in any way. Right. Because we recognize that recovery and, and is highly individualized. How someone comes into uh, addiction is highly individualized, uh, whether it's trauma underlying, maybe it was a, uh, purely genetic or, uh, you know, their response to a, a drug was different than someone else's. So Right. That's true, because even just somebody, my experience taking heroin might be very different than your experience taking heroin, and then my 
withdraw from heroin could be very different from your withdraw from mm-hmm. heroin. So sure. the personalized approach, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yep. So, so one of those populations is older adults. Right. And we know through experience that um, we need to be thoughtful about even simple things like room assignments. If, if we're going to have, if two patients are going to be sharing a room, and the most we have is two-person rooms. We also have private rooms. Um, but we're going to be thoughtful about who we put together in a shared room. Right. Um, anyway, our experience was has been that you probably don't want to put together a 20-year-old person <laughs> who's been IV drug-using heroin. And a 70-year-old with, alcoholic. With a 70-year-old <laughs> right. person struggling with alcohol. Right. Uh, unfortunately, there's stereotyping and judgments uh, within... People who are in, entering recovery, right? Uh, and while we see them all as people of value um, who deserve respect and and are in a difficult place right now in their life, we don't want to those judgments uh, to interfere with anyone's recovery, right? And give each one, one the opportunity to move forward on their own pace, exactly. So that's just an, a small example of how we pay attention to that. But you know, even beyond that, uh, with you know, there's treatment centers out there that specialize with person, or, or at least do a better job with older adults. Okay. Because at the same the same point, uh, you probably aren't going to put a 65 year old individual at an adventure treatment program uh, up north where they go, you know, hiking, backpacking. Oh, well, yeah, like one of the and, wilderness and ropes, rehabs. ropes courses. That's right. And, Jason went to one of yeah. those. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Whereas there are programs that cater much more to that audience, right? Um, with amenities and uh, pace of the program, and being aware of some of the unique needs of a of an older, more a more adult, a mature population. So. And, and that goes to LGBT community. Yep. You know, so we're, we're trying to be very thoughtful about those unique needs and populations. That's cool. Well, that is definitely, uh, I think, something that sets Novus apart as being very different, just that you can personalize a treatment program and customize it, so to speak, for the individual. So it's not a one-size-fits-all because I think that oftentimes the one-size doesn't work. Yeah. The one-size-fits-all doesn't work. We try and be very thoughtful about cultural competency and make sure that our direct care team is sensitive to to those unique needs. Mm-hmm. Again, whether it's an individual coming from the LGBT community or an older adult, um, uh, someone coming from a faith orientation, someone right. who's not. Right. Um, yeah. And respecting people wherever they're at. Yeah. Um, and uh, supporting them. And being respectful of their of their uniqueness, because um, we want to see everyone come into recovery and and move forward. So that's very important to us. And and uh, we we spend a lot of time with our direct care team, making sure that one we find the right people uh, who are respectful, compassionate, thoughtful, right, uh, and making sure that our entire team is competent um, in those uh, uh, all with cultures as well as orientations and and where the diverse the diversity that will come through our doors exactly does novus um take insurance we're we are a private provider we do many of our patients come in uh with their with their insurance we are out of network okay and and what we like to say is that we're the right call for anyone uh it's not unusual for us to be uh to help someone who's who has no insurance and doesn't have the cash or the money to pay, 
And if we can't find a way to bring them into Novus, we're going to help them navigate the world of, of treatment <laughs> and of detox and right. help them find some place uh, that hopefully they can afford. That's good uh, to know. Or is a good fit for them. So we, we try and make a, a phone call to Novus the right call no matter what your circumstances. That's good to know. What's the number as long as we're talking? Sure. Uh, the phone number to call and speak directly with one of our admissions coordinators. In this case, uh, this phone number rings right to Tyler. Yep. Uh, and, okay. Uh, Tyler does a great job. His, name, his number is 1-855-889-0186. And oh. I'll say it again because I was a little clumsy with that. That's Eight, okay. 855-889-0186. 889-0186. Good. And also, if anybody listening wants to know more about Novus Detox, you can go to novusdetox.com. And Novus is in like Nancy, O, V like Victor, U, S like Sam, detox.com. Another question. Are you, do you get veterans at Novus at all? We have received veterans. We don't have uh, an agreement with the VA um, or a partnership with the VA. And uh, TRICARE, it, can, will TRICARE pay you? Because so, I know Narconon has been dealing with that as an yeah. issue, and it's So I've tried to navigate, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've had VA officials actually come out and tour Novus. Okay. And they loved what we saw, and one psychiatrist said, oh, I've been referring to Novus for years, and I love what you do. It's just navigating the bureaucracy. Right. Because um, they, they said there's tremendous need. Uh, within the VA oh, yeah. for detox services. Yeah. Um, we get calls from veterans who want to come in, and uh, we work hard, but it's we've gotten a few that have been blessed to either have the insurance or we for- resources to get in. Right. Um, but it's, it's actually been kind of a frustrating point uh, trying to figure out a way to um, work through the, the government navigation tools to get someone into a program like ours. Right. And, and, I, and I bring that up, Kent, because similar to Narcan, Narconon, Novus is a valuable program. It's a valuable resource. And the fact that, you know, one of probably one getting to be one of the largest populations in this country who often struggle with addiction, which is our, you know, our veterans, the fact that it's so difficult for an, an organization like Novus or an organization like Narconon to navigate the health insurance that's available for veterans, I, I think it's I, I think it's actually really sad. And so I don't know exactly who listens to this podcast. I don't know if we have government officials that listen, but I like to bring up a point like that that it it it's just wrong that these people. I mean, my dad was a veteran. My brother was a veteran. Fortunately, they didn't suffer with addiction. But there are so many veterans out there who do suffer with addiction, and the fact that they don't have immediate access to programs like these is it's just sad it's not it it's it's wrong it it shouldn't be that way in this country i mean these are guys who you know go off and defend the country and come back and for whatever reason you know have substance abuse issues and they should be able to they should be able to benefit i'm i'm going to get off my soapbox but i have to bring that up because you know i don't know like i say i don't know if we have government officials that listen to this or anybody that's got any type of clout with any government officials but i think it needs to be known because they should be able to you know get it covered tricare whatever you know insurance that they have i think tricare is typical for for veterans but anyway yeah um equal with you my my father was a world war 2 veteran in the us navy um, and fortunately as well, he didn't s- struggle with, um, with this, but I've just, yeah, I can tell you 
a for a, a private provider, um, we're I, I can tell you our ownership. We've talked to they're they're passionate about wanting to serve veterans, right? And willing to lower our rates to basically well below <laughs> our typical rates, right? Just because we care and want to serve veterans yep. um, as a part of our mission, we yep. it's just it's just a group we want to serve, and. Um, there's just some roadblocks yeah. um, in the in the contracting process, and they just they just uh, shouldn't be there. Make yeah. it, has made it impossible for us to yeah. do so. And those roadblocks just shouldn't be there. So anybody listening, if you can help us with that, that would be great. Now, you are you seeing a larger a larger segment of the older population coming to Novus as the age. Um, getting a little bit older. I know, you know, Narcan, when I said the 70-year-old alcoholic, I know Narcanon had such a person on their program. So so yes and no. Okay. <clears throat> we have seen more more older adults, however, not, not as many as we should be seeing. Ah. Because what we know is um, the United States population, that segment is growing rapidly. Uh, like mine, I, the baby boomers. I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's like 10,000 People are turning 65 every day and will for the next two decades. It's yep. like it's a incredibly growing population, and we know that numerically, a lot of community uh, community studies are showing that um, there's a huge need. Uh, uh, alcohol is a tremendous problem within our older adult population. Uh, I, I believe the statistic is that uh, older uh, widowers over the age of 65 is the single highest group uh, struggling with alcoholism of wow. any other group in the country. So widowers over 65. Wow. Huge, huge issue with alcohol. Wow. Um, we, know that, we know that older adults are prescribed a lot of medications, and we know that opioids are w- overprescribed in our country. So Way we know, we, overprescribed, yeah. yep. So we know a lot of benzodiazepines, a lot of opioids are being prescribed to older adults. Yeah, because they're dealing with, you know, joint pain, arthritis, what have you. Exactly. And so, yeah. Okay. And we know that older adults struggle a lot with economic pressures as they're trying to move into retirement or a loss of a loved one who maybe was a primary breadwinner. So huge stressors financially. Yeah. Which lead to depression and, and anxiety, which can lead to prescriptions uh, and the struggles getting off of those prescriptions. Um, and, of course, everything we know about opioids. And then the additional challenges for our older adults is that because they're not in the workforce, uh, because sometimes they are widowed, they're living alone, frequently away from loved ones. Maybe they're not making it to church anymore because of uh, their mobility limitations so they can, it's not unusual for them to get pretty isolated. Right. So people aren't seeing them and aren't recognizing the signs of alcohol abuse or drug opioid abuse. or yep. yeah, drug abuse. Yeah. So they can get missed. Yep. Uh, and then when they do go see their doctor, and maybe they've had a fall, uh, broken hip, bruises, uh, Here injuries. Here comes the oxycontin. Yep. Yeah. It's well. It must be your. Some other condition, you must be diabetes, um, depression, some other symptomology that gets more medications thrown at it versus, well, maybe they're drinking too much or maybe they're drinking with the prescription medications and they're intoxicated uh, when when I'm not seeing them in my practice. Right. So I'm not sure we even do a good job of asking um, older adults 
about their drinking patterns. I think you're right. Their yeah. use disorders. Um, so, and then there's skeletons in the closet. When family, you know, family members do find out, I've heard it myself. Um, you know, the, well, that's, that's, you know, that, that's grandma. Let her have her wine. It makes right. her happy. Right. Uh, she's more fun to be with when right. she's had a few glasses of wine and we right. kind of laugh it off. Yeah. Um, so we start, we kind of tolerate uh, medication abuse or use or alcohol use or abuse in a different way, I think, yep. sometimes with older adults, um, which is can be um, harmful yep. uh, to their mental health as well as their physical health. So, yeah, I think the, the whole issue of older adults, we need, we as a community need to maybe rethink how, when are we looking for it, for it uh, right. with loved ones and neighbors and friends? And then when we do see it, are we judging it differently? You know, it's, it's a good point. You know, you were talking about, you know, grandma with the glasses of wine, but also maybe, you know, Uncle Fred, who's taking pain meds, but boy, he's much more easy to deal with when he's taking his pain meds. So it becomes that. Anyway, I, I don't even like to say that because I think it's such a horrible viewpoint. But I can I can see where, you know, especially, you know, because the other thing you say about those are the people who are reaching 65 you know, my parents passed away recently in the, in their 90s. And so a lot of uh, people that I know who are maybe five, 10 years younger than me are dealing with elderly parents, and not necessarily prepared to do that. So it, I, I'm echoing what you're saying and bringing another kind of aspect to that. So yeah, I, I you know, was it that long ago? Uh, within the last two years, I think we had um, some young adults bring in their grandparents. Mm. Um to Novus to for to detox from alcohol. Yep. And during the admission process, uh, our medical team uh, evaluated them and determined that the husband, the grandfather, uh, medically wasn't safe to admit to our program, and we had to refer him to a local hospital. Oh, okay. And he ended up dying within three days. Oh my goodness! At the hospital, um, they waited related, too related long to, related, to get him help related to his liver. Uh, and the grandmother stayed with us and was able to successfully finish. Um, but it was sad. Oh, that's uh, totally sad. I mean, that's, it was just too late. what's the difference between that and the parent who's got a kid who's a heroin addict and they don't handle it and the kid overdoses. That's just, that's very sad. What a horrible story. So again, if people are listening and they've got elderly relatives or friends who they know or suspect are addicted to drugs or abusing alcohol, need to get them help and you and you need to do it sooner rather than later because similar to the kid who's shooting up you know it could lead to a bad oh that's a sad story yeah. that's such so, a bummer so i try and get out in the community and talk about you know looking for the red flags yeah you know, that maybe there's a um a use concern um, and having a strategy to engage with that loved one or that family member you know if, you know figure out who's the right person to engage right uh, approach them in a respectful way yep uh, talk to them about the red flags you've seen. Hey, you know, grandmother, you're not, you're not the same grandmother. And we, here's the things we've noticed. Weight gain, weight loss, changes in your mood. Uh, you're not involved in some of the things you used to really love and being part of. And what, are, you know, that whole list. Are those some of the, like, I was going to ask you to tell us what some mm-hmm. of the red flags are for anybody that's listening. If yeah. they have concerns, you what know, are some of the red flags? Increased number of bruises or injuries that can su- suggest falls. Okay. Um, uh, changes in, in hygiene, 
patterns uh, with, with someone. Uh, like I said, weight gain, weight loss, mo- changes in mood, um, particularly aggravation, you know, kind of that mean-spiritedness that's uncharacteristic. You know, I, I'm smiling because same thing mm-hmm. as a parent you notice in your child, and it's a red flag. It's the it's really the same. Yeah. And, you know, changes in memory. Um, yep. The sad thing with most of these symptoms, they can easily get tagged to it. And to, dementia to or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we throw medications at it or, or it gets, and that, that's one of the things I talk about is it gets misdiagnosed. Right. Because uh, frequently we don't think of drug use and alcohol use with that, that age of our population. And yet they are prescribed sure. these medications probably more than, yeah. you know, just about any other segment of the population, except for, you know, like young athletes when they, when they get prescribed Oxycontin or something. So that that's I I think that's that's super valuable that you go around and you talk about that because I think that's something that we have to be aware of, you know. And the other thing that's kind of unique with um, the older adults are aging into, you know, the sixty five plus crowd is that sixty five and sixty six year olds. <laughs> is that a lot of them were partiers back in the day. That's right. You know they they were using acid and marijuana. Um, which That's is right. a little, it's a, it's a kind of a new deal. Yep. Um, so we don't know what that means other than there could be a shorter distance to going back to drugs right. uh, and alcohol, especially when depression, uh, discouragement, anxiety comes into, you know, we talk about widowers, yep. you know, how do you deal with the, the grief and loss of, uh, you know, your life partner? Right. Um, along with fears of losing your home, where am I going to live? How am I going to survive? Loneliness. Yep. There's a lot of tough stuff yep. that people have to, to, to face late in life. Um, so you can see how it could be easy to drift into uh, use of drugs and alcohol to kind of numb you to those those, those situations. Right. And we've also spoken about on the podcast because we've done at least one podcast discussing marijuana and this whole push to legalize it um, uh, as an entertain, not entertainment, what am I trying to say? Recreational or... Recreational, mm-hmm. thank you. Recreational marijuana. And so those of us in their 60s, I didn't do a lot of marijuana, but, you know, there are people in their 60s and 70s and they go, oh, well, the marijuana I smoked, it was really good. So if it's legal, I can go back to it. And of course, one of the points we have tried to make over and over again is the marijuana of today is not the marijuana that we were smoking back in the 60s or putting into brownies. It is way, way, way stronger, has way more THC in it. And it's, um, anyway, definitely we don't want to go there, but that's kind of another thing that could be happening with the older segment of the population because, oh, it's legal now. Okay, good. Well, I liked it in my, in my twenties. I could do it now in my seventies or whatever. I think you're absolutely right. Um, it it wouldn't be a leap uh, to to think that's a high a high likelihood. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're just about done. Why don't you give um, the phone number one more time, and sure. I'll say the the website again. And very then. good. Yeah. Please call if if anything we can do to help you. Uh, you can call us at eight five five eight eight nine zero one. Eight, six. Exactly. And I am assuming similar to Narcanon, when someone calls you, it is anonymous. It is, 
you know, you're just there to help and to listen and, you know, not to judge anybody when they call, more to offer help. For sure. We go to great pains to honor people's privacy. Uh, We have seen uh, doctors, attorneys, some celebrities, um, spouses of celebrities, uh, professional athletes, um, very business owners, business executives, as well as Executives within the addiction industry, right? Who maybe don't want people to know that they had a relapse, and, <laughs> yeah. and which is fine. Yeah. You know, relapse unfortunately does happen, and so we respect everyone, yeah. uh, even to the point of people giving people an assumed name while they're while they're in our center. Okay. Uh, so whatever we need to make someone feel comfortable, protected, and respected, uh, we'll do that. That's awesome, and I I think that, um, you know, it it doesn't. The point is to get help. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you've, you know, reverted or you've, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is to get help. And the other point that Jason and I, Jason and I have made over and over again, you know, in in three days it's Thanksgiving, and so often you're you have a relative or a friend that has a substance abuse problem, and you think, oh well, we'll wait till after the holidays. Don't wait until after the holidays. You need to call now. You need to get them into treatment now. It's not something you want to wait on. If you want more, if you want to go to the website to find out more about Novus Detox, it is novusdetox.com. Mm-hmm. And that's N like Nancy, O, V like Victor, U, S like Sam, detox.com. We've been talking to Kent Runyon. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really, really appreciate you telling us all about Novus. I think it's a, I think it's a good program. It was my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to talk. Awesome. You heard me speaking to Kent Runyon today from Novus Detox. And he let me know as he was leaving the studio that there will be a new Novus Detox facility opening in West Palm Beach in January, and it will be a 40-bed facility. So that is a resource for you. Jason was not able to be with me today, but he will be back with us next week. And I want to wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. And once again, if there's anything that we can do to help you The phone number for Narconon is 1-877-339-3324 or go to narcononsuncoast.org and talk to somebody. Don't wait until after the holidays. Make all your future holidays really, really fabulous ones by getting help for your addiction or the addiction of your loved ones. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcononsuncoast.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 